Alright, so you guys listened to part one, hopefully, of um, our year anniversary special. So this is part two. Hopefully you continue to enjoy a year of animal news. Indeed. <laughs> Hello, animal lovers. Welcome to my podcast where I geek out about animals. I'm Nicole, and you are listening to Animal Facts. This podcast may not be suitable for all listening ears, specifically young ones. And I just want to remind everyone that I am not a professional, just an animal enthusiast, because I just love learning about them. I think they're so cool, and they can do so many cool things. Some things I say may just be my opinion, and sometimes I am misinformed. Or sometimes I am just straight up wrong. So forgive me, I am only human after all. But please email me at animalfactspodcast at gmail.com so I can correct myself and I also have the chance to learn from you. Thanks for joining me. Enjoy! Welcome animal lovers to the Animal Facts Podcast. I'm Nicole and I am Josh. He is still here for part two. And I'm still the husband. <laughs> He's still the husband. Um, we're not going to worry about any personal questions just because what? What? I mean, we can. Do you have a personal question you want to ask? No. That's your job. <laughs> it's my job. What if I made it your job? Come up with a personal question. <laughs> Would you rather Ooh. Ooh. lose your dominant hand's thumb okay. or your entire non-dominant hand? I'm going to go with my thumb and then do what they did with Ike and replace my thumb with my pinky. <laughs> I don't know if that'll work at this age. I'm pretty sure they did that because he was born like that. So they did that like right away. Or I would get whatever those fake little yeah, add-on thumb sort of things. Prosthetic. I feel like that would be easier than a whole hand prosthetic. If you couldn't replace it in any way, which would you rather lose? I still think my thumb. Yeah. Yeah, because I still use my other hand a lot, well, and at least art, I can use your thumb when you're doing your art. That's true, but I still use my other hand a lot with like baking and cakes. Yeah, yeah and I can own. hire someone else to do my art. <laughs> <laughs> I can just afford ghosts or an art things and. Mm-hmm. Just write a bunch of stories and do podcasts and hire someone else to do the art. Yeah, yeah, I'd lose my thumb too. The most Video I'd, games, games, exactly. <laughs> and even on a keyboard typing and stuff, I never use my dominant thumb. I always hit space with my other thumb. There you go. My non-dominant hand <laughs> is the one that hits space. I guess it alternates, but it'd be easy to just go to just the one. Mm-hmm. It just depends what I'm typing, which thumb it is, but. Yeah. But, like, playing video games, yeah, I'm grabbing the mouse, sure. I'd have to figure out how to grip the mouse without a thumb. Yeah. I mean, there'd definitely be a learning curve for sure. Yeah. But I feel like it would be still easier to figure out than your whole other hand. Just using an entire hand. Yeah. Yeah. Because you at least still have... Interesting. ...all the other fingers. Right. ...in your other hand Mm -hmm. to help you make up for your lack of one thumb. Yeah. This one's probably less painful. <laughs> That's relevant. Yeah. I feel like useful wise that I feel like losing your one thumb, dominant or not. Because even though like I don't use my not dominant hand enough, I'm sure I there's still some use it. occupations that would be more detrimental to lose your dominant thumb. Maybe. But 
Mine not so much right now. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Cool. Good question. Thanks. <clears throat> All right. Well, shall we? Yes. All right. Your first. Let's get into it. <laughs> your first uh, story of the part two episode of our year anniversary. Hooray for being around for a year again. <laughs> Mini celebration once again. Did it. I should have made a little cake. You did it. I did it. I did I it. I but it was mostly you. <laughs> I do all the work. Yep. You just get to enjoy all my stories and yep. listening to me talk, which is and pretty, watch pretty the average. Baby when you have somebody. That's true. Not that I don't watch the baby otherwise anyway. So. That's true. Very true. <laughs> I make you watch him. Plus, you like watching him. I do. You're a good dad. He's a good kid. He's a good kid. Okay. Your first story. Wildlife YouTuber discovers a new species of tarantula. Cool. A wildlife YouTuber from Thailand discovered the first tarantula. Tarantula? I feel like I'm saying that wrong now that I'm thinking about it. Tarantula. I'm tired, you guys. We're still recovering from colds. (laughs) Um, Known to... You're like saying it T-R. Tarantula. 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 T-A. Starts T A, isn't it? Tarantula. Yeah, tarantula. Tarantula. There you go. All right. So, the tarantula known to exclusively live in hollowed-out bamboo stalks. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, Researchers determined that the spider belongs to a new genus and species. They named it Texinus bambus. (laughs) Why are you judging me? I'm laughing because every time you get to a... A word I don't know. A science word specifically, you just, like, make this face and, like, groan <laughs> and then try and say it. Yep. Without fail every time. You just, like... <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's so people know like that this. I am uh, not... <laughs> I'm not a science person. I don't know how to pronounce these things. But I try. I could look up how to pronounce all the things. And have them in parentheses. But then I even then still have to time butcher it. <laughs> because they're hard and there's so many. Mm-hmm. Anyways. <clears throat> also the different language. <laughs> so in honor. But they named it the Texanus Bambus. Whatever it is. Um, in honor of the 18th century Thai king Texan the Great. Toxin? Toxin. I don't know. Thailand. Anyways, so yeah, it's pretty cool. Anyone from Thailand, hit us up. True. YouTuber tell that us, discovered it, let us know. Tell us how to say that. There you go. YouTube can help discover new species too. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Alright, your next one is fake poop helps transplant owls settle into new, safer neighborhoods. Hmm. So, the... Uh, burrowing owls which you love so much because they're so owls. cute and little and you love it from what, the guardians or whatever it is um, yeah <clears throat> what's the actual name of the series guardians of gahul that cool so youth book <laughs> it's also Novel a movie series <laughs> they did make a movie yes so. i read a bunch of the books i don't think i read them all because they started coming out I read all of the main story, but then they started coming out with, like, prequel story. Oh, like all the little side stories and extras. Yeah, like, well, a bunch of, like, prequel stuff about things that you learn about in it. Or events that happened, or people, or not people, but 
owls <laughs> that existed before and they talk about it's like the stories about those so and i've read some of those but yeah i remember we used to have a bunch of them yeah cool There's so probably a series i want to buy again eventually and reread cool yep maybe on kindle <laughs> yeah maybe. um so the owls yeah. grass like oh my two gosh. shelves of our bookshelf <laughs> sorry continue owls <laughs> The owl's grassland homes are often prime real estate, so they've been losing their grounds to development in fast-growing regions like the Silicon Valley and Southern California. So biologists have been trying to move the owls to protect the two protected grasslands, but the challenge has been getting the owls to actually accept their new homes. So they, like, move them to these safe areas, and then the owls are like, nah, nah and back. go back. <laughs> um, so... They then decided to try a different approach, such as, um, rather than just dropping the owls off in, like, this new prime habitat, um, because apparently wasn't enough, they started a new program where the scientists took, um, impressions of owls that, like, made it look like other owls have already lived there or are living there, um, so that way the new owls they bring in would hopefully maybe stick around, being like, oh, we're not alone here. Other owls have lived here. This is a nice area. Um, and to do that, they, <laughs> they like, dug little holes. They, like, scattered fake poop around, which is basically just white paint. And then they also, like, played recordings of owl calls, like, before and after the new arrivals were released into these, like, locations. They, like, they just went all out trying to make it look like. Trying to convince these owls. Yeah, that, that other owls live here or have lived here. And it was successful. That's awesome. So the owls are like, oh, yeah, okay, sure, <laughs> we'll stay. That's great. Um, and now new owls will stay because they know those owls. Uh-huh. Yeah, and so it's been really, so and because of that, too, that it was so groundbreaking that other places are going to try starting that, too. Because cool. they also did, like, a thing where they tried to see if, like, other owls would just naturally follow, and they weren't really. So they, like, keep bringing them over and stuff. But they're, like, starting to set up their own colonies. And it's been pretty successful cool. because they have now officially established breeding colonies in these awesome. new areas. So it was successful. Very cool. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> Good for them. Yep. Just got to make it look like other owls live here. And they're, like, walking around with, like, these syringes of spray paint or, like, white paint squirting it around making it look like bird poop. That's interesting. It's pretty great. <laughs> okay. Plus, they're burrowing owls and they're cute and little. Mm-hmm. Um, your next one is Dulce and Gabbana, right? Dul- Dulce? 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 Dulce and Gabbana? Some famous brand? Like Gucci and Armani? Um, yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a. I don't know these yeah, things. I'm not a fashion person or like a high end Prada person. Yeah. Um, but this brand whoever knows how to actually pronounce it um, has announced that it will drop the use of animal fur cool mm-hmm. so the million million fashion house joined other luxury brands including milan. armani huh milan milan yeah yeah Place. yes announced that <laughs> um including like armani gucci prada and Monkler? Monster? I don't know fashion, you guys. Um, in adhering to the guidelines set by the Free Fur Alliance, 
a network of animal rights groups around the world. Um, so they're working towards a more sustainable future. So they will no longer be using real animal fur. They will cool. just be using high-end faux fur, fake fur. Um, cool. <clears throat> yeah. And then with that too, Italy has banned fur farming from like from this year, joining about 20 other countries that have either banned or limited fur farming over the last two decades. So Italy has also now joined a group or the group of no more fur farming. Cool. <laughs> so I'm assuming that doesn't include like sheep shearing the wool isn't counted as fur farming. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming. I'm not sure. That would be my guess, because you can do that without killing the animal. Yeah, it might be more like rabbit fur or like... Kill to get the fur. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Curious. Yeah. Pretty cool, though. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if they're using it for, like, their wool or their, like... What is it? The veneer or something? That one, like, fancy alpaca... Like alpacas on the fur or whatever, so mm-hmm. not sure. <clears throat> cool. Yep. Like silkworms. Not sure. But that's not fur. <laughs> Alright. This is a cute story. Gay penguins raise newly hatched chick in New York Zoo. Cute. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of like a, a cute little gay couple penguin <laughs> family. <laughs> um their names are Elmer and Lima, I think. Um, so they're two male penguins, and they are the first same-sex penguin parents at this zoo in Syracuse, New York. And so the zoo has at least two breeding pairs of penguins, um, but they have relied on foster parents to, like, help incubate the eggs because of the history of the breeding pair has, like, accidentally broken their fertilized eggs or sometimes cool. aren't the greatest parents. Cool. So in an attempt to save the chicks and to, like keep this like conservation effort successful they um will sometimes like swap a dummy egg for the real one and give it to a more successful pair to incubate and raise um because not all penguins are good parents yeah (laughs) apparently (laughs) um so they for foster parents they will sometimes put like a pair like because penguins pair off um which is why it's cute that there's a gay penguin pair and i love it um but, uh, so some pairs will be given dummy eggs just to, like, see how well they do, and they, like, have mm-hmm. a few different tests. So they see how well they sit on, like, the egg and, like, the nest and see how, like, if they'll leave the egg or if they'll, like, incubate it correctly, if they'll fight over who's going to sit on it next or whatever. So they evaluate how well, like, this pair, like, a penguin pair will be as good, like, for foster parenting. Mm-hmm. And Elmer and Lemur were, like, super like awesome throughout all the aspects of like egg care so they're like they're gonna make great foster parents so they were given a real egg that's so cool um because they were they were tested with the dummy egg they did grace they were given a real egg to incubate and then after a few weeks of them like taking turns incubating and actually taking really well care of this egg it Mm -hmm. hatched successfully and then they kept like like brooding it and warming it and then together they also take turns feeding the chick and they've just been taking care of this baby their foster parents to this little baby chick that's so cool (laughs) i love it right it's so cute so this little (laughs) gay penguin pair has a baby 
that's foster parents, and I love it. I love it. That's so funny. They're like, oh yeah, we have these breeding pairs that they breed, they make these eggs. But they're not the best with the babies. With the eggs after they make them. Yeah, so foster parents. And these two are really good foster parents. That's fantastic. Right? That's so cool. It's so it's so good. Um, so these type of penguins are known as the South American Humboldt penguins, and they are vulnerable and they are declining in population because of habitat loss and climate change. So in 2005, the, ju- the zoo joined the species survival plan for these penguins, opening its Penguin Coast exhibit. And the exhibit started with a colony of 18 penguins from other aquariums in the associated association of zoos and aquariums and they have since hatched more than 55 chicks Dang. so they're that's awesome bringing it up that's super cool yeah and these cute little penguin foster parents are doing great yeah i love it hoping where the breeding parents suck <laughs> so funny <laughs> it's so funny so it's a cute story i like that one that yeah. one made me smile when i read it mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, your next one is a crocodile with a tie around its neck for six years is finally free in Indonesia. Um, So people had seen this crocodile for years with this Mm -hmm. tire, like a motorcycle tire around its neck, and they were like, it's going to (laughs) die. We need to free it. But nobody really wanted to, and they actually previously had had a few attempts um, try to get like, what is it? Australian crocodile wrangler Matt Wright had tried and failed to free the crocodile back in 2020. Um, a few other previous attempts had been tried and failed to free it. The the community or this, the country, I'm not sure, but they at one point even, like, tried to make it, like, a prize thing. Like, if you free it, then we'll, like, reward you. But then they ended up, like, not many people were interested in it. And it was also really risky because it's a crocodile. <laughs> So they're like, never mind. So they were all just kind of content to basically let this crocodile die because they didn't know how else to do it. Mm -hmm. And there's been so many attempts that failed to free it. And then this one guy, um, I think it's Tilly, Tilly, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name. Um, He tried for three weeks to catch it, like using poultry and live bait, trying to catch it. And he would, like, try to get people's help because he, like, he didn't have any training. He just saw it and was like, uh, no. (laughs) I don't want that animal to suffer. That's so sad. Mm -hmm. So he tried, like, all on his own volition, like, just decided to do it and tried for weeks and weeks to catch him. Finally caught him. Or her. They don't know if it was a guy or a girl crocodile. But finally caught the crocodile. And then, um, I don't, he, like, got, like, ropes around its mouth and stuff. And Mm -hmm. then, like, it showed, like. There's videos of people, like, in this area, like, a bunch of people, like, holding the ropes, keeping it shut, and, like, keeping it down, and they're, like, sawing the tire off, and then they finally got the tire off, and then they were able to release it back safely, and it would turn back to the river, and it's doing fine. Awesome. So, this guy just was, like, I'm gonna take action, I'm gonna keep going until it, like, I'm not gonna give up. Yeah. (laughs) And he freed the crocodile. Super cool. So, after six years, the crocodile finally free. So, that way, because they're, like, it's not gonna it's it's gonna die when it reaches its full size because that mm-hmm. thing is going to be capable of reaching 13 feet um which if you look at the videos and stuff it's already pretty big and it's like this little motorcycle wheel it's crazy 
tire. So, but it's finally free. Good. I'm sure it was so relieved. Oh my gosh, right. I'm sure it was imagine. like super stressed in the moment. Like, ah, what are these people doing to me? And right. then it was like, I oh. can breathe and swallow. <laughs> I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. So, exciting cool. things. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Your next one is a sea lion is rescued from San Diego Freeway and then returned to the Pacific Ocean, which <laughs> has a plot twist ending and it's hilarious. Oh. So, where the animal was rescued was roughly four miles from San Diego Bay, so it traveled quite away from the water and yeah. um, it was like headed eastbound on 94 Freeway near the Interstate 805, and then it was just <laughs> walking down the freeway. A sea lion! So crazy. And then it, like, went and, like, crossed, like, crossed a shoulder to, like, a median. And then, like, some uh, Good Samaritans were, like, trying to corral it and keep it there until help could come. And then finally, like, SeaWorld Rescue Team was able, like, the San Diego Rescue Team was able to, like, get there with nets and, like, use... SeaWorld San Diego? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, was able to catch it safely and bring it back and transport it back to their rescue center. To be able to evaluate its health and make sure it recovered okay. The animal was estimated to be about 200 pounds. um, And then it graduated from rehab, like, with some other sea lions and stuff that they caught, too, and returned to the ocean. So, like, wasn't stuck in rehab for too long and was, for the most part, fine. Um, However, SeaWorld did say that this particular sea lion has a history of ending up in odd places. Because they recognize it from other times they've saved it. <laughs> um, so, like, in November, at one point, it was rescued near the International Airport on the bay. Um, it was, at one point, spotted, like, at a naval base in, like, a Mission Beach boardwalk area near oh Delhi goodness. adjacent to the bay. This guy's on a mission. <laughs> There's somewhere he's trying to get to. And everyone he keeps stopping. Keeps... He's like, gosh, dang it. <laughs> Keeps going into these all. I gotta try again. <laughs> I know, I'll go so from this exciting. way this time. Maybe they won't catch me. <laughs> he made it four miles from the bay yeah. this time around. But they're like, he just, or she, like, it just keeps oh, so funny. ending up in the weirdest places that they keep rescuing it, rehab, and then re-releasing it, and then it just does it all again. I mean, they just need to, like, get to it feed it and get it some water and then let it keep going and <laughs> figure where out where it it's trying to get to. <laughs> it's uh, Maybe it's just trying to help evolution along or something. I'm trying to grow legs. Just <laughs> 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 let me on the airplane. <laughs> I'm a person. Can't you see? <laughs> I'm just a wet dog. <laughs> you, what do you mean I can't enlist? <laughs> oh gosh. So yeah, <laughs> that's why it's funny. You have trained dogs. <laughs> oh, gosh. And trained dolphins. I'm basically a mix of those. I do love to train sea lions with the dolphin. So oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. also have trained, like, yeah. the Navy. Let me enlist. The Navy. He's trying to enlist. The Marines or whatever. Yeah, the Navy, I think. The Navy, I think, yeah. Because they have the dolphins. They also train sea lions. Oh, there we go. He yeah, just he's to just trying to enlist. He's just, oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, oh, man. So great. That's fantastic. <laughs> right? it just keeps showing up in odd places. There's something good SeaWorld here, at least. <laughs> Alright. <sighs> um, California dog is reunited with family after missing for 12 years. 12. 12 years? 12 years. Like midnight. Uh, 12. A cat 
was gone for like a year. Yeah. Or well, months. At a certain I don't know point, you just kind of accept the fact that they're dead. Right. <laughs> but 12 years? 12 years. Oh my goodness. Um, so, how that went was uh, the lady like who adopted her. So the late like Lassie or whatever. The dog movie where it keeps like reincarnating. Oh, that keeps coming back. I know what you're talking about. No idea. I don't remember. I don't think I ever saw it. Dennis Quaid. Yeah, Dennis Mm -hmm. Quaid. Yeah, I don't think I ever saw it either. But I know what you're talking about. Anyway. Anyways. If you know that movie, (laughs) shout out. Let us know. Um. Yeah, so how it started was that they adopted this dog and her like twin sister. I guess those two dogs they adopted when they were only like six months old from a shelter. Um, and after being, well, I don't remember how old they were, but like after being home for, I don't know, a few months, they uh, went out to the grocery store for like 20 minutes. And when they came back, she was gone. And they just never were able to find her. So they don't know what happened to her. They don't know how she got out. They don't, they just don't know. Um, but they still had the other dog, I think. I don't know if they had the other dog by the time this dog returned. I'm not sure. It didn't say because it wasn't what the article was about. But that's how she went missing So they, as a puppy. Um, so then a sheriff got a call about a stray dog that got dropped off in a rural area, which I find suspicious that it was dropped off somewhere. Um, but so the sheriff or the animal control or whatever, picked her up, and then they were able to scan it and see that she had a microchip. Um, and in that process, they were like, this dog's been missing for 12 years, but because it's been 12 years, the company that made the microchip listed her as deceased, like, five years prior. Yeah. Because... I can imagine. Yeah. Um, so they were like, what? But then they were able to get the information, and luckily, the phone number to the lady who adopted her didn't change. Yeah. So don't change your phone numbers, people. Seriously. <laughs> so they were able to get in contact with her and reunite her. And That's they were so reunited, crazy. and she got her dog back after 12 years. Dang. Right? So. Someone kidnapped that dog. Right? I don't. Like, that has to be it. Because it was, like, not even in the same area. It was, like, in a different, yeah, like, location. Yeah, someone kidnapped that dog and took it. Yeah. Because if somebody found it, yeah. they would have turned it in or whatever. checked or tried to microchip it themselves. Hope. Yeah. <laughs> or if they tried to microchip it themselves, they'd find out it's already been microchipped. True. And, um, I wonder if like vets just naturally scan microchips I'm sure too. That's like part when of the they're procedure. like in the background. And they can go microchip it that they scan to see if they have one first. Or just in general, like you take your dog to the vet if they microchip it. If like it's already microchipped if they scan it to make sure you match the microchip I mean, info. I probably I don't know. I don't know. Maybe if, like, as a new patient. Maybe. 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 Only then. But I feel like a standard procedure, though. Yeah. I wonder what happened if they did start doing that. They'd be like, um, is this your dog? <laughs> I'm matching your microchip stuff. Anyways. But yeah. So, 12 years. Reunited at last. Crazy. But also cute. Mm-hmm. But also sad because it's a long time to not raise your puppy. Yeah. But at least you get your puppy back. I think it was a pit bull too. Oh, she was cute. Yeah. Me too. Pit bulls are great. I wonder how long it was out on the street for. I don't know. 
Not for very long if they were like spotted and then picked up pretty quick. Yeah, but I mean before that. Yeah, I don't know. 12 year span. Yeah, I don't know. You never know really what's happened. That's true. Don't know. Crazy. I want to see that for the life of that. Movie! Right? (laughs) But it'd have to be happy. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure there's definitely going to be sad bits in there. But then at least we know it reunites at the end and is happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With their own little struggles, I'm sure. <clears throat> right. Especially if the they have the sibling dog still. Yeah. That would be, really that would be so cute because they'll be like, oh my gosh, my sister. And, yeah. Dogs remember, you guys. Oh, yeah. Dogs remember. They always remember. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Even if you look different, they know what you smell like. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. Yes. So cool. I love dogs. Your next story is Alabama for only the second time in... Or what? Part of my thing got taken out. Okay. So, in Alabama, for the second time in more than 60 years, they spotted one of their native snakes that they're, like, reintroducing. Okay. So, in more than 60 years, um, a wild-born eastern indigo snake was spotted in the state, according to a statement in by the Alabama Department of Conservation and Natural Resources. And finding a juvenile snake means efforts that started back in 2006 by wildlife officials to reintroduce this federally protected snake species back into Al- Alabama is working. So, they've been, like, for years reintroducing the snake into their lands again and they just they're finally for the second time they like saw evidence that there is a baby so it's working so it's like a juvenile snake um so and it was like a pretty big sized one too based on like if i'm remembering the article right but so similar to the gray wolf from part one but it's just alabama's snake cool instead of a colorado gray wolf (laughs) So it's really exciting. Snakes are cute. So, because they've been trying to get him back in there for a while. They, like, I think try to bring in, like, 300 snakes or something over the years. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I don't remember all the details. But snakes are cute. Snakes are cute. <clears throat> they have cute faces. Mm-hmm. All right, your next one. 500-pound black bear living near Tennessee College was relocated to a forest. Nice. Yes, <laughs> for everyone. Yeah. The bear and the, the college students and all the other people. And faculty. Yeah. So a 500-pound black fun. bear that was living near this college had was captured after becoming too comfortable near people and human food, <laughs> um, and it was relocated to a remote area. into the park to yeah. steal someone's picnic. And... Pretty much. Hey, you going to finish that? It's mine. <laughs> I'm going to finish that. You bear. walk away. I'm a bear, etc. <laughs> you can tell me about the high op plan. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, it was uh, relocated to a remote area in the Cherokee National Forest. <laughs> so, safer for the bear, safer for the people, yeah. also safer for the bear, not in order for, like, to hopefully never get shot because it gets too close to people, but also for the bear's natural... Uh, diet? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, your next one. 
is a flamingo that escaped from Kansas Zoo 17 years ago was spotted on the Texas coast. <laughs> All these animals that went missing so long ago are being spotted. Is it like tagged or something? It's tagged. Okay. Um, so during oh, a storm yes. 17 years ago, a flamingo along with another one um, escaped and was then spotted later. So the... It was tagged, um, so the Coastal Fisheries Division of Texas Parks and Wildlife confirmed that it was the African flamingo that escaped because it's known as number 492 because of the number on its leg band, so it's tagged. Um, it's been spotted a few times over the years in Wisconsin, Louisiana, and in Texas, um, and usually... Just living its best life. Uh, usually it's found with other wild flamingos. That's cool. Um, That's so... Cool. This said the zoo officials have never made plans to recapture number 492 despite mm-hmm. the sightings because their thing is there's no easy way to recapture it without disturbing other wildlife. Right. So why disturb it and right. all the other wildlife it's, when it's, it's doing living, just fine? Well, so, but it escaped during a storm because they hadn't yet clipped its wings so it was able to mm-hmm. fly away. Excellent. But they haven't seen any sightings of the other flamingo that escaped with it. So, only 492 has been regularly spotted occasionally. So, mm-hmm. flamingos. flamingos. What happens if you give a flamingo a yo yo? Alright. <clears throat> what happens? We're almost. Wait, we can't. What happens? Have you never seen that Fantasia thing? It's a Fantasia clip. Like a. What do, what do. Like a Fantasia skit? What is that? Because it's like their little mini Fantasia shorts, but like in the whole giant Fantasia movie. Hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Fantasia? I've seen Disney? Fantasia 2000. Yeah, yeah, it's part of Fantasia 2000. It's what happens if you give a flock of flamingos a yo-yo or a flamingo a yo-yo or something. It's probably been decades <laughs> since I've seen that. Basically, one flamingo has a yo-yo and all the other flamingos are super snobby and like stick to the routine of everything and this one flamingo is like just having fun with his yo-yo and they all get mad at him for having fun with his yo-yo because he's not following what he's supposed to be doing with the rest of the flamingos Mm -hmm. and so he's like doing it like unwillingly but in the process of it he's like flipping his yo-yo around and then he starts having fun but then he ends up like making the other ones trip up and fall or whatever so then they all get mad at him, and then they take his yo-yo away, and then he ends up having, like, ten more yo-yos. <laughs> so. It seems vaguely familiar, but yeah, I haven't yeah. seen that Flamingo. so long. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Well, there you go, listeners. What happens if you give a flamingo a yo-yo? He irritates the rest Fantasia. of his flock. <laughs> now you're, you're on the same page as me now. <laughs> now you know what she's talking about. Yep. And she just randomly blurts out, what happens if you give a flamingo <laughs> a yo-yo, and then moves on. It's just my brain train. Yeah. Just choo-chooing along. Yep. I'm tired. My brain train. That's my brain shirt. train. That's gotta be your Choo-chooing along. Your train of thought. My brain train. Mm-hmm. All aboard the brain train. <laughs> I love it so much. That image is great. I do want that as a shirt now. The brain train. It's a nice shirt. I think it would just be like the brain and the outline of it is like a track with a train on it. 
Just like tracking along on the you brain. Could, you could make the brain and all the little different uh-huh. lines could all be train tracks. Yeah, your brain train. The whole thing. On the brain and train. Then just put like a train through, running through it. The whole thing. Not the whole thing, but just like some of the tracks. Just your brain with the train is through it. <laughs> brain train. Uh, yeah. Like or a train with a little brain on its head. <laughs> the brain like train. Wearing a little brain hat. <laughs> so a conductor's hat? Mm-hmm. It's a brain hat? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alright. <coughs> your Let's get this brain train back second on track. To la- yeah, your second to last story. We're almost there. Of a year of animals. Stories that's happened to animals over the year. Obviously, this is not all of the stories. There was so many, and I just limited it to a few. But there were a lot, and I could have done more. So turn it into a four-parter. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> um, the rare birth of an endangered Samar- Sumaritan uh, rhino sparks hope for conservation efforts. So a newborn Samaritan rhino's mother named Rosa gave birth to the female calf in captivity at the sanctuary located in uh, Way Canvas National Park. Um, the highly endangered species, the Wildlife Fund says only about 80 of them are left. Um, so this rare birth has brought the total number of the rhinos in the sanctuary the specific amount in the sanctuary up to eight because <laughs> um, there's like about 80 left in the world um, but in the sanctuary now there is eight because of this birth it's like 10% <laughs> I know it's so sad though um, but the birth of it is super exciting because it brings a lot of hope that there is hope for the species to survive and to come okay. back like a few other of the things that they've been trying to mm-hmm. breed and get more in there um, we just have to make sure we don't bottleneck their genetics. So, yeah. the uh, Samaritan rhino at the sanctuary in Indonesia marks the first birth of the species in the facility in 10 years. Um, and it also comes after the mother rhino experienced eight miscarriages. So, they try, they, they've tried a lot. So, this is the yeah. first successful one after eight attempts, nine attempts, I guess. Is and that common it, in that breed, or is it just her? I'm not sure. It might be both, because it might be, like, captivity plus... Yeah. Rhino breeding is just awkward and hard, because they're heavy animals, and the female has to support a male for a good long while, and if mm-hmm. he can't get it together... <laughs> yeah. So. Um, but, yeah, so Rose's pregnancy represents new hope for this critically endangered species. Cool. So that's super exciting. That is. Um... And then the last story I have is students write adorable letters on behalf of shelter animals to boost adoptions, and it worked. Oh. It's kind of like, what is it? There's like a country and like an animal shelter who like made Tinder profiles for their animals. Uh And it like Uh worked that people were like actually adopting them based Uh on these like profiles, Uh which is great. So great. I've heard about that. Mm -hmm. So So these um, students, the third grade teacher was like, she volunteers at this animal shelter, and she's like, oh my gosh, I should get my students to write letters, like, as the animal, like, please adopt me, and see if that helps, and, like, the person mm-hmm. who's in charge of the shelter was like, oh my gosh, that sounds like great, and yeah, just try it. So, she told her class, three, third grade nurse. Uh-huh, she told her class, their eight-year-olds, 
Um, and they were so excited. Yeah, I bet. And so they like wrote their like little note because they were each like assigned a pet, like mm-hmm. a dog and cat or whatever. And then they like wrote their thing and then they drew pictures of the animals on their thing. It's super, super cute. So the persuasive words of an eight-year-old written in crayon cracked open the hearts of potential dog adopters um, to the empty to empty the kennel crates of the local shelter. Their handwritten personalized notes resulted in skyrocketing adoption rates for the pooches yes. um, least likely to get adopted at this at this place too. So like the ones oh, that had like awesome. been there for a bit longer, like they were like, "Please adopt me. I will make you so happy." The ones that were harder to get back adopted. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so cool. So, yeah. These kids basically made handwritten Tinder profiles for these yeah. pets. And, like, the people were like, okay. But, A, it's cute because they're little kids writing mm-hmm. them. And, B, it's cute because it's, like, the animals talking yeah. to you. And it's just purely innocent and adorable. And people mm-hmm. just can't handle it sometimes. And they just gobble just it up and it up. adopt a dog or a yeah. cat. Good. And it worked. So, yeah. super successful and adorable. Um, some real quick lightning round things that I can remember off the top of my head that's happened over the last little bit is that gorillas are doing better based cool. on conservation efforts. <sighs> Pandas are no longer considered endangered. They're doing better, like critically endangered or whatever. Yeah. Um, humpback whales are starting to make a little bit of a comeback because cool. of conservation efforts. So, Because of con- conservation efforts, a lot of animals are... Seeing improvement, which is great. <clears throat> so very cool. Hoorah! 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 So yeah, that's a uh, a year of animal news. Cool. Part two. <laughs> yeah. Right. Enjoyed it. Happy year anniversary, Animal Facts podcast listeners. <laughs> I have an idea for next year's oh. anniversary one. Do the same thing, mm-hmm. but like in the weeks leading up to oh, it. Gosh. You can ask for viewer submissions of oh, stories that happened we go. in the last year. Be like, what's your favorite animal story of the there last year? Go. Submit it to I us. I need your assistance, people. Yeah. Send me things. And heck, you can submit things all year round for it. Yes, my plan was to just, as I see things, save it. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't have to do it all in one go. Like, uh-huh. I have to scroll through a year's worth of stuff and uh-huh. try to find as many animal-related things as I yeah. can. It put me to sleep a couple of times. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Scrolling. Through Remember, you guys, articles. I learned how to nap this year. <laughs> <laughs> yes. These articles helped a little. So then, if you come across any exciting news articles over the next ever, really. Or if any animals in the zoo are nearby or think or they anything. have babies. Yeah. We want to celebrate like all that. the babies. Any sort of news <clears throat> you can think of. Funny or that you come across happy, preferably happy. I mean, you can send me sad things too, it'll just make me a little sad. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. Sometimes the sad things are what helps wake us up. Yeah, help us get woke. Is that the thing? <laughs> I don't know things. No, that is not <laughs> the proper usage of that term. Why not? It makes so much more sense than whatever it probably is. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but that's not how it's used. Well, it's just like drip for clothing. I just don't understand why you want to be dripping. <laughs> I'm young, but I'm old at heart, you guys. <laughs> I don't understand slang. I don't even understand the slang that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was it? Dank? Isn't that, that was like in my generation. I still don't like what? 
Dang, it just sounds you know, like damp and dark, and I don't like it. You know the origin of it? Oh, it just sounds something with marijuana or something. Yeah. I don't know. Dank is just a term. I don't know exactly how it came about, but for good weed, basically. Dank yeah. weed. You know, your brother told me I was dank one time. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that hey, that's means. That's a compliment from that pothead. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. I don't know things, people. I'm very, like, clueless to the world. Unless it's animal-related, apparently. <laughs> Just, what? I'm very much, like, oddly enough, I'm really in my own world, but not. I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't concern. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just not, anyway. I'm not hip. Um, so we do have the Twitter account set up. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we do. We We're really, both we just really bad at social yet. media. We'll, we'll start posting soon, but you can tweet See, I'm at us. I'm young but old at heart. You can tweet at us. We're at Animal Facts Tweet Pod. at me. Yeah. Right. Animal Facts Pod. Animal Facts Pod is our at. Yep. Is our at. It's our, our whatever, whatever it's called. Our Twitter handle. There we go. That's what it's called. <laughs> yeah. Animal Facts Pod. <laughs> At tweet at me. Tweet, tweet at, at me all of the cool stories that you guys have heard over the year. Or, or all of the corrections that the I've corrections screwed up. Yep. Let us, let I us am know only how we messed human, up. people. I'm only human. And I'm only one and humans human. are the worst, as we've covered. Yes, oh my gosh, humans are the worst. But at least we have some happy things yes. to celebrate. Yes, we do. <laughs> and I look forward to educating you all over the next year yes animals excellent thanks everyone thanks bye have a great another year of animal facts yes you will be hearing from josh again soon i'm sure probably he's my go-to and i will continue to be the husband yes he will forever be the husband (laughs) bye bye thank you so much for joining me animal lovers and also thank you to my special guest this week Please rate, review, and tell all your friends so I can continue with your support and sharing fun animal facts with you. I would love to hear from you, your stories, your experiences, any suggestions you might have. Also, I would love to see any fun, cool art you guys do. You can email them to me at animalfactspodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow Animal Facts Podcast on Instagram for updates, cool art, and other fun animal-related news. Click the link in the description for the resources, the donation links to saving the different animals we talk about, merchandise, and other fun things. A special thank you to my family for my really fun drum rolls, my best friend Jewel for my awesome music, and to my guests for joining me in my animal passions. Thank you again, animal lovers, for listening and supporting me in my animal discoveries and adventures. And until next time, bye! Alright, so your random fact. For this part two. Next part two. Of course. <laughs> it's so tight. A weird <laughs> mollusk known as wandering meatloaf. Wandering meatloaf. That's fantastic. <laughs> the mollusk that. is known as the wandering meatloaf. Awesome. <laughs> it gets better. Has teeth made of rare of a rare iron mineral.
Interesting. Which has only previously been found along rocky coastlines. Weird. So they think it gets it from the coastlines? Or maybe it puts it or there. They, I don't know. I didn't maybe read the it, full it article because then... this is a random fact that I don't yeah. have to fully back up yet. <laughs> yeah. Or dive into the Wandering details Meatloaf. of. Wandering Meatloaf. Wandering Meatloaf has teeth it. made of rare iron mineral. Interesting. Right? That's so cool. <laughs> I'm so curious as whether, whether <laughs> they the look origin weird. of those they look so weird. rocks, those rare iron things, is because of the mollusk, or he gets the it mollusk it. finds those rocks and uses them. Crazy. I'm sure I'll learn about it one day. Wandering meatloaf. I have the link to that fact if anyone wants to do their own research on it and you can learn what Josh wants to know. Yep. And then tweet at me with the answer. (laughs) Yes. He's basically in charge of the Twitter (laughs) because I'm bad enough with social media. Tweet at us. Tweet at us. We'll respond. Tweet. 